Hi, I'm Alexandra. And I'm Anna, and we are the Russian Sisters. Welcome to our podcast. A show we created to talk about hard things. And also to bring some levity to your lives. Alexandra is a mom and occupational therapist. And Anna is a school counselor. And together we share our life stories. And crazy adventures. We aim to make you smile. And let you know, you're not alone. You're not alone. You are not alone. Enjoy our latest episode from The The Russian Russian Sisters. Sisters. Hello, Alexandra. How are you doing today? I am doing well. How are you? I am doing all right. Actually, I'm doing pretty great. Thank you. That's amazing. Super into the summer swing of things. That's right. You've had some travel going on. How's that been? Awesome. I just came back from a trip to New York City with our eldest niece. New York City? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, a, it's not where they made salsa. <laughs> no. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you picked that up. Yeah. Yes. It was a fabulous trip. It was a whirlwind, um, but we stayed in Times Square and went to a show and saw a lot of the sights, and it was just super duper fun. It looked like she had a blast. I think she did. You might have made the little one a little jealous. Very much so, because I was like, (laughs) hey, speaking of trips, um, I was talking with the niece as we were heading back home, and I was like, hey, in four years, you'll be this many years old. And I was like, oh, but then in four years, your sister will be the age that you are now. And so she's going to want me to take her on a trip. And where should we go? I was like, should we go to Spain? You guys, this is like dreaming because I'm an <laughs> educator. And I'm like, I'm going to have to save up for the next four years if I'm going to take them on a trip. But I was like, oh, how fun, like an auntie niece's trip. And I don't know if the younger one is expecting like we're just going to go on a solo trip in which I could probably afford to take her to Idaho but <laughs> in a car. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, yeah, let's just dream for a minute. Should we go to Spain or Portugal? Or And then the oldest niece was like, Greece. How about Greece? And I was like, mm, yeah. Greece is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And then when we got back home and I was talking to the little niece about it, I was like, where would you want to go? And she's like, New York City, right? Because she wants to do exactly, <laughs> yeah, exactly what her sister did. Yeah. And so well, I'll have to figure that out. And with that, I was like, oh, you, you know, New York is lovely and I love visiting. Mm-hmm. And I have friends who live there and lived there. And um, there's definitely a vibe to this city. And you have yeah. to be a certain personality. Like I say, you have to have a certain personality to work in a middle school. You have to be a certain people to live in New York City. Absolutely. And um, just with the smells and the people and it's <laughs> the stimulation and there's just sights and stuff going on all the time. Um, so it's very stimulating. And I think she was happy to get back to like the suburbs <laughs> the <laughs> where burbs. we live close to the mountains um, and not have all the the noise um, and everything going on. It was a bit much in that way, but we saw a lot of the touristy things and that was super duper fun with That's her really cool. especially. So. Yeah. I heard there's a Harry Potter store. Okay, so we were at Ellen's Stardust Diner, which was a block away from our hotel. I did not know that this restaurant existed. Maybe I had heard of it somewhere, but I certainly was not paying attention at all. And we saw it out of the window of our first hotel room. And niece was like, oh, that looks great. And there was a line out the door to get in. And I was like, oh, that, right, it must be a popular thing if there's a line to get in to eat there. And we went for breakfast. And luckily, we got right in and got seated on morning number one. And it was super duper cool. I feel like I've been saying super duper because I'm so excited. (laughs) But it was a lot of fun because we sat there and the servers take turns singing songs from different musicals or just songs from days of yore or whatever. And they walk around and sing with a microphone up to 
to their face and we just happened to be seated right near this kind of landing little thing that they would get up and walk on, like a little boardwalk thing right behind Nice. So that was very cool. So from day one of doing that, she fell in love with that. And we had to eat breakfast there a lot. But anyway, the whole point of that was our server <laughs> was like, noticed that Nice was wearing a Harry Potter shirt. And she was like, oh, did you go to the store? And I was like, I was very confused. I was like, no, we're going to the show on whatever night, though. And um, she was like, oh okay. And I was just very confused. And I think it made her very confused because I was like, what the heck are you talking about? And then I Googled it and there is this huge Harry Potter store in the heart of the city. And the next day, or no, later that day when we were out and about and doing our sightseeing stuff, we decided we had to go there. And it was two stories of Harry Potter magic. Like it was so stinking cool. So I know they're traveling to Florida later this year and they're going to have an opportunity to go to Universal and do Mm -hmm. the Harry Potter stuff at Universal. But I think this was a great kickoff. And they have a really fun like candy section of the store. And we got these fizzing Whisbees, I think they were called. And I was like, what the heck is this? They're shaped like bees or butterflies. (laughs) They were milk chocolate with like Pop Rocks in them. (laughs) I have not had a Pop Rock since I was niece's age I think yeah it had been that long well Anna was like here have one and I said what and I mean there was just like chaos going on and I'm trying to hold buddy and all this I'm like okay fine I'll take one and I'm like I don't understand and they're like pop rocks I'm like yeah I get it but I don't understand and then they're like wait for it wait for it and I went oh there it is there it is (laughs) then your tongue starts tingling because of the pop rock effect and if you haven't had a pop rock in a really long time and are a Harry Potter fan go out and get yourself some Fizzing Whizbees. Do they even still sell Pop Rocks, like in general? I'm sure at some of those like candy stores, like mm. in Georgetown or something, like an old-fashioned candy store, they they might. They might have it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I haven't looked like in, in a candy section forever. But when you go to the Harry Potter store, you have to look at the candy stuff and be like, ooh, what looks good? That's awesome. Yeah. It was super fun. Thanks for asking. Yeah. How's life? that you had such a good time. Good. Buddy just had a birthday. Happy so birthday, happy buddy. Happy birthday, buddy. Yeah. So that was fun. He loves singing the happy birthday song. He does not like having it sung to him. Correct. Mm-hmm. And more lately, he's been covering his ears with stuff. And he'll say, normally he's not really impacted by loud noises like automatic flushing toilets have never Mm -hmm. bothered him or the blender never bothers him but more recently and I think we've just been doing so much like trying to take advantage of the summer that he just needs some quiet because he keeps covering his ears and he's like too loud too loud but he's a champ he's been awesome it is interesting the other day we were out in a store and he let me know he had to go potty so I took him potty and then we got to the potty and he's like no I can't go to the potty it's and I was like well you have to because we're here and Mm. I know you need to go so we gotta go but he then was really worried about the noise that the toilet was gonna make and so I, I was like you're gonna stand all the way over here before I flush the toilet and then you can cover your ears so it's not as loud but that was the first time he had ever done that and I was like oh that's new yeah we recently actually had an audiology appointment because of some of the medical stuff he's had going on and and I wonder because his hearing has been kind of occluded a little bit I don't even Mm. know if that's right it's a good word yeah well I mean you'd say your vision is occluded I don't know if you say your hearing is but everything's cleared so now he has really clear hearing and I wonder if that's impacting who knows we've been having a lot of fun we don't need to talk about buddy's hearing (laughs) but we've been having a lot of fun working on the yard doing the same thing same old same old here Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. 
Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. I think Anna and I, though, wanted to address some stuff that's been going on. Yeah. trigger warnings I guess for this episode there have been a lot of things happening in the United States of America recently on a political level and judicial scale and we've been going back and forth trying to figure out if it's something that we want to address because right the purpose of this podcast is to bring some levity to life and then I think we came to the conclusion that I don't know we have a responsibility or duty or it's just it's we can't ignore it we can't ignore what's going on in our world and wanted to be able to use this platform to just share our ideas about what's going on. Yeah. And just, I would say for people who are like, oh my gosh, I have to turn this off. They're going to talk about Roe v. Wade. I'd say just hang on for a second because we are not here to debate over Roe v. Wade. I think we just want to bring to light some of our perspective in regards to the situation. And so I'll say this. I think... One, there are three different issues that are going on. For people who don't know, do you want to give some background before you... Well, go ahead. Yeah. (laughs) Well, the Supreme Court just overturned Roe v. Wade. For those of you who are not familiar, it's made pretty major headlines everywhere. And basically what that means is that there's no federal protection anymore. The courts decided... For abortion. Yes, for people to get an abortion. The courts decided that they would leave it up to the states to decide whether or not they're going to legalize abortion or maintain the legalization of abortion on the state level. And there are a number of states who did and have kept abortion legal in their states. And there are a number who, as soon as the Supreme Court decided to overturn that law, that the states had, uh, were they trigger laws, were they called, where they just automatically repealed it and mm-hmm. made it illegal in their states for a woman to go and get an abortion. They are holding doctors accountable, and a doctor can also get in massive trouble if they do an abortion. And more recently, I was even hearing a DNC. So if a doctor does a DNC, they could get <laughs> into a heap of trouble. And so... The fact that this was overturned, and we'll, we'll get into this more specifically, but it was really interesting to see the people that I know, their reactions, and some, like me, were pretty devastated, and others were rejoicing, and so we wanted to just spend some time talking about the implications on some levels, and as Alexandra said, not to debate, we're not debating, we're sharing with you our feelings and our perspectives and our our views about it. And so without further ado, here are the three things. (laughs) Well, thank you. That was quite nice. How you good synopsis there. Okay, thanks. So here's what I would say. I think there are three things that are going on. And what makes this so contentious when people talk about it is that we're mixing these three things. And so when people are trying to talk, they're not having the same consensus over the rules and understanding of what you're saying. So we have people who are 
for or against abortion. That's one thing. You have people who are for choice, like choice to decide. Often that is considered a mixture of, well, if you're pro-choice, you must be pro-abortion, which I'm just going to go ahead and for us and for today's episode, that is not the case. You can have for abortion, against abortion is one idea. Pro-choice is a second idea. I think the third idea is what responsibility or even what capability or power does anyone else have to legislate something of a moral, well, considered a moral issue, I guess. I don't necessarily consider it a moral act, but what has become a moral issue and who gets to legislate what can happen to someone else's body. So the pro-abortion or against abortion that is your individual choice. And that's what I would say. And recently I had a friend who was like, well, I should be able to disagree with someone, but still be able to love that person. And I said, that's great. Except unfortunately with each one of these issues, the discourse around it, from what I have observed and witnessed, is that the only way for us to have this conversation is if there's true agreement. So even as honest talking about some of the reactions on social media, I'll say, number one, I find it appalling, appalling. And I'm going to say that this I have seen mostly men. This does not mean that women do not believe this as well. But the reactions I've seen have been men who have come out and said that women are not equal to men. That, to me, is probably one of the most appalling things. Anna and I are humanists. This is what I like to say. That means that we find value in every human being And again, don't get on this like that means you must be against abortion because we're not here to debate this. What we're here to say is, from my perspective, I do not think it is okay for someone else to legislate what is happening to my body. You're not in my shoes. And that's where I come to the level of empathy. Like to me, empathy is the understanding that you could make the same decision as someone else. And when a group of people or people in general, individuals are going to say that they wouldn't make that same decision or they'd never do that or you're wrong, it creates an us and them kind of society, which is less humanist because now you're trying to say, I'm better, you're worse. And that to me is what's really happening around here is we're trying to create more divides to make ourselves feel better. It's out there. It's something that happens out there. We aren't trying to do that. It is happening. We are not trying to create divides. No, I'm saying society. What's happening right now, the discourse among people is to create this distance. Like abortion is what happens. And fill in the blank on how you want to categorize this. Like only these type of people do it. Only these type of people do it. I guarantee you the people who are talking about this and who are so vehemently against and saying that those who've had abortions are going to hell, and I know Anna's going to touch on that a little bit, they probably know people directly who've had to make that kind of decision. And it's not a decision that is made lightly. Yeah, of the people I know who have had to go through that process, it was a very difficult decision for each and every one of them. Many tears, it doesn't feel good, there are long-lasting impacts, and each had to make the decision for different reasons. So I do feel feel that it's a more personal thing for me because of the people I love who have had to go through those situations and have gotten abortions. And I don't take lightly to people who get very judgy about it. And when I talk about the reactions on social media that I was appalled about with the rejoicing, it was really eye-opening. And I don't know, I I feel like at some point I'm going to stop being so shocked at how 
divisive things are or how evil people can be. At some point, I'm going to stop being shocked about that. But <laughs> it just is mind-boggling how evil people can be. And, and not just the rejoicing, but the eye-opening piece for me. And my thoughts are all over the place because I'm all over the place because <laughs> I'm very passionate and just, ugh, I don't even know. But this one person in particular who is male was, he was sad by the fact that he posted something about rejoicing and then lost 12 friends right away. And he's like, come on, we should be able to talk about these things and have discourse. But I think he doesn't understand that the point of view that he holds now made me realize that I am a lesser human being to him. And I don't want to be around you. I will love you as a human being. I have philos for you, brotherly love. Like as a human being, you are worthy of love. And on that level, you have that from me. But by no means are we going to have any kind of relationship beyond that. Because in your eyes... I don't have the right to make my own decisions for myself and then be accountable for myself to my God. Exactly. You have taken that away from me and you are agreeing with people who have taken that away from me and you see me as a lesser human being because I'm female or because I may or may not take birth control, which I do because I have a medical issue that requires it. (laughs) And And I think for me, I'm like, oh, you can't be trusted Women cannot be trusted to make their own decision about their own body. And what I want to say to the point and the comment of this individual, have those feelings. As a humanist, I say, have those feelings. This individual decided that they were for what happened with the Supreme Court. Awesome. Have those. But you know what? Don't shove it in the faces. And I say this for if it were flip side, too. So before y'all get all fired up. I would say the same thing. If it goes the other direction, have those feelings, have that opinion, because I think it's important to have that. We have free will for a reason, but you don't have to shove it in the face of the other people. You don't have to create an us in them. You don't have to sit there and look down upon people. And I will tell you guys, I'm going to go out on a limb and I have to tell you this is going to be a vulnerable moment for me because I normally keep this to myself and I normally don't say this. And don't get me wrong, I am not a man hater but if you don't have the parts have an opinion but I don't think that you should be legislating my parts I don't legislate yours so why do you think that it's appropriate to legislate mine you don't have mine you don't have cramps you haven't gone through childbirth I bear your children and yet you think it's appropriate and I can't be trusted to make decisions for my own body because you disagree with them okay I disagree with your choices I disagree with a lot of things but that doesn't mean I'm coming for your junk I just don't see why it's okay one way and it's not okay the other way. And it boggles my mind because, again, have that opinion, but you don't have to be rude about it. You don't have to put it on social media how excited you are that women don't have a say. Actually, someone even tried to say that women's voting rights need to be repealed Repealed. now. Are you kidding me? That's the part that boggles my mind. Forget the moral part of it. Like, I need to make the choices for myself. And I don't see us coming after men for the choices they make. And I'm just going to go out on another limb here, you guys, and say, you don't hear me saying that men should be castrated after they rape women. But maybe that needs to be legislated because this is how fired up I am. Not only about that, but the fact that this is the direction that this discourse is going. And that's what makes me sad is that we're not coming together in unity 
it's just another way to divide us and to create that us and them. Well, and I think one of the pieces for me that was so shocking is the day before this happened, something was passed about gun rights. And so guns have more rights than my uterus does. I don't know. Like it's seriously, it's it's kind of insane. One of the implications from repealing Roe v. Wade is that it becomes a classist and racist situation. And for me, I think one of the most heartbreaking things is that the populations who potentially need this service the most won't have access. And Mm -hmm. that is gut-wrenching as a humanist, that we are denying access. If you are wealthy, you're going to be able to get an abortion. If you live in a state where it's legal, good for you. However, those who live in states where it's illegal anymore won't have access and it's preying on the poorer groups and the people of color in this country. And it's just a way to further segregate and really promote that white power and white nationalist thing, which is definitely scary. So the implications aren't just, oh, now babies who you were killing earlier are going to be born and huzzah for humanity. There are so many other things that are impacted by this. And I wish the people who are rejoicing would just take a moment to reflect. And that's one of the things that I posted. I created a post on social media and I was like, one, don't preach at me about it. Don't get out your biblical quotes about why this is God's plan. It's an interesting way to interpret the Bible. Two, go and spend some time with the people that you have now just impacted Mm -hmm. with this decision. And I'm betting that a number of the people who I saw on social media who were like, amen, and God is great, and I think God is great too. Don't get me wrong. I rejoice. I'm a woman of faith. And yet I wholeheartedly disagree that this is the best path moving forward on a hundred levels. It's just so wrong. Well, and I have to say, one, you are not less a Christian or a woman of faith because you think that this decision is wrong. Correct. Thank you. That's been called into question, not just for Anna, but for anybody of faith. Two, if you are of a Christian faith, that doesn't mean that also you are for this. Three, have you been to a country where birth control is not allowed and illegal Because let me tell you, for those individuals who are poor and they're in relationships where they have multiple babies and they can't take care of those babies, and it just perpetuates this cycle. And I've worked in the orphanages where there's a mom who's pregnant with a baby on her back dropping off another kid. And so I just want to say, some people would say, oh, but not in the U.S. You don't know that. And so I'm totally fine. If this is the agreement, if this is where we're going to go, then be boots on the ground. Go and be there to help people when the fallout happens. Hold the hand of someone who has to make that decision, which has been taken away, and say, here are some other options. Go adopt babies. Hello, adoption agencies and orphanages are overflowing. Like This is the part for me where I'm like, be there with the people. Don't just sit there and rejoice and say, finally, the one thing, this is what I love. Religion is always watered down. Like Christianity is watered down to this one thing. Ah, I have to be against abortion. Awesome. If you're against it, then be there with the people who have to make these decisions. Don't sit on your high horse and say, oh, well, you made this decision that got you in this. Really? Because that's what's happening. And that breaks my heart. Because the first thing I want to say is you don't know shit. Amen. (laughs) Also, have you 
ever looked at the cost of adoption anywhere from oh 18 goodness. to 30 to whatever thousand dollars, I couldn't adopt. I couldn't afford it. And there are some different organizations that I was looking into. And it's just a broken, broken system. And I get a kick not really. It makes me sad out of the people who are posting like these white couples are like, I'll adopt your child. Bullshit. And there are many people out there who I know who have adopted domestically and internationally. And I love that for them. And I love that they were able to do that. And so, yes, I know that there are couples out there willing to adopt, but there aren't enough of you to cover what is coming. There just aren't enough of you. And so it just makes me think like, are we going to have state run adoption agencies now or orphanages or what the heck is coming? It's not going to be pretty. And I also, something that you said made me think about the fact that I'm sad that we are putting out this call to action, people. Like, okay, you're really pumped that this decision was overturned, that yay, no more abortion in your state. And we're saying, okay, now go meet these people, go be a support for them. And yet politically, a number of these people don't believe that that's their responsibility or that's their job. And they (laughs) kind of wash their hands of you all and go, not my problem. All I care about is that you don't get to kill this baby anymore, but you have to have it, raise Mm -hmm. it, pay for it, feed it, shelter it, clothe it. And that is not my problem. But but don't try and put stress on our system either, because these people got to reap the reward of that system. I pay into the system. So I should be able to get what I shouldn't have to take care of anyone else. I shouldn't have to do all of that. But yeah, I'm going to legislate it. And I want to make it super clear. Anna and I are not here saying whether or not we're pro-abortion or against abortion. What we're saying is we are against the legislation of this topic to this point of saying that we no longer have a choice over our bodies. Well, and I just made it sound like it's, you know, only impacting this certain class or this certain race. And that's certainly not the case because there are a number of you out there who medically would require an abortion and can't have access to it. And that in and of itself is also mind boggling. Like what the fuck? Or the DNC. I mean, I've known people who've had to have a DNC for medical purposes. I had complications with my birth. I was supposed to have a natural birth and I had to have a C-section. Does that mean now that my decision-making as far as my C-section is now going to be legislatable? I don't even know if that's a word. Is every decision now, if I decline to do a pap smear, is that legislatable? If I go and do a mammogram, is that legislatable? Where does it stop is my point. Now you've opened the doors to say that you cannot trust me as a female to make decisions for my own body. And so where does it stop? I think that's another scary point that you and I have talked about, Alexandra, is that right after this decision came down, our friends in the LGBTQ plus community were saying, we're next, people. Just wait for it because they're coming after us next. And so it's gay marriage. It's birth control. It's all sorts of things that, yes, this court has shown the power to strip choice away from human beings. And I think it's really scary to think about what is next. And we just have to put up with it and abide by it. And for everyone who's like, oh, just move to Canada or honest to God, I've been like, I think I need to go to Costa Rica. I've never been there in my life. I don't know much about it. I should probably research a place before I decide I'm going to go move there. (laughs) But this is like really terrifying for me. And I think about like my nieces and my nephew and the kinds of choices that they will or will not have. It's 
really terrifying. And, and I don't want anyone to mistake us or minimize, like this is a very serious thing that's been happening. Yeah. And again, for all of those rejoicing out there thinking like this is a great step forward for our country, you really have taken us decades back in yeah. history. And that's sad. Like yeah. just ultimately it's very sad. And to that point, the people who are making these decisions aren't impacted by the decisions they're making. And that is something that I think, again, creates this huge divide of us and them. And that's where I just go, wow. <laughs> it makes me very sad that we've gone in this direction because certainly these decisions that are being made do not represent me. And again, as Anna's saying, I have to raise the sun in this. And I am embarrassed and disappointed that this is the direction this is going and having to figure out what are the best next steps. But who knows? Because I might make a decision for me and my son and then someone's going to tell me, I don't like it. So now I get to arrest you. Now I get to investigate you. To me, it's just appalling. And again, I'm just going to make sure I'm hammering this point. We are not saying whether or not we are pro or against abortion. What we're saying is we're not okay with the legislation over what to do with our bodies. Yeah. And someone saying that I'm a lesser human being, I will fight that tooth and nail. That's very, very And you show me in your Bible where it says that. And of course, for the people who are going to come around and claim that they know what God is thinking or how things go. (laughs) No, granted, I'm a pretty spiritual person, but damn, I put that in the category of (laughs) some pretty severe arrogance. (laughs) You are brazen. Like I, I recently through the grapevine, like through another person heard that someone was saying that Anna's going to hell because of my beliefs and my values and good on you for saying that's something that you're going to have to deal with when you are faced with your maker, the judgment and the shame and blame that you are experiencing. I'm not going to wear that. It bothers me that people think that they get to decide that for other people and manipulate other people using that kind of verbiage. It scares people And in no way, shape, or form is that okay. But I was talking with Alexandra as we're talking about the political climate and the things that are happening and some of the other topics that we're going to be addressing through the podcast coming up, just about how people use manipulation and fear to guide people's choices or to get people to do what they want and how scary that is. So I'm excited that we're going to be talking about these topics and sharing our ideas and resources with you as we move forward. We're very passionate about these things, especially when it comes to manipulation and how people use God or religion or spirituality or death or fear as a way to get people to do what they want. It's messy. And that's what's happening right now. There are a number of different aspects and things that have come up in our personal lives where people are using fear as a way to manipulate. And quite honestly, I'm over it. I'm really disgusted by it. It hits me to my core when people try and use this group think or manipulation to get people to do what they want. Um, It's not okay. And I'm very bothered by it, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) It just indicates to me what low self-worth and low self-esteem people have that they have to externally try and control people in order to make themselves feel resolute and right. I'm a big proponent that it's internal validation. And when you are internally validated and have your internal worth, you don't need to care about what choices people are making. You may not agree with them, but it's none of your business. It is none of your business. 
mine included. What was that meme? God is not going to ask me about you. <laughs> yeah. When, when my judgment day comes, he's not going to be like, so uh, what'd you think about their decisions? Yeah. Don't <laughs> worry. God's not going to ask me about you. Now, maybe I'm arrogant by saying that, but I kind of align with that. Oh boy. It's a big topic. Obviously we are hot and bothered by it <laughs> and rightfully so because these are decisions that impact us and the people that we love and care about. And so to your point, Alexandra, I am enough in my self-worth to be able to stand up and speak out and say like when things like this impact people I love and care about and if I feel that a decision isn't right, I'm going to say something about it. I think that speaks to me and who I am to my core and you know that you have a friend in me. If there is a wrong that is happening, we are certainly going to, to fight for what is right and speak out about it. Absolutely. I mean, out of all the things, out of all the things in this world that our Supreme Court decided to tackle, this is what you find is the most important. All right, then. (laughs) I think we're ready for the SCW joke of the day. A little weird. Go from a really serious topic, but we got to we got to end with a little. We are and we're going to get there. And as I mentioned, this isn't over. We have topics that we want to talk about and discuss using this platform. And so this isn't the end of this conversation. We have guest speakers that we'll be bringing on to talk about it further. So you don't just have to listen to our opinions about it, but we're going to base it in science and expert opinions. So just so you know, that's what's coming up. But it is it is a good time to transition to the STW joke of the day, Alexander, because that was a little heavy. And it is nice to end with a joke. Are you ready? Am I ever ready? <laughs> for the funniness that is about to come your way. I'm ready to groan. Well, we're still in the full groan section, so I, I'm I'm happy for you. Okay, so here it is. What does a house wear? Shingles. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that no, no one wants idea. shingles. No one wants that. No, the answer is actually a dress. Address. <laughs> A dress. That is a good one. Yeah. A house wears a dress, you guys. I like it. So there you go. Uh, I just want to say, if you guys made it through the whole episode today, thank you. This is not an easy topic. As Anna said, we went back and forth on whether or not we wanted to share what we felt was going on, but we needed to make sure that if we're going to sit here and say that we want to bring levity to life and let people know that they aren't alone, then it is okay for us to say, you're not alone in this. And no matter where you stand on this issue, we want to be allies and say that we're here for you. As long as you believe what we believe. No, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Oh, my God. That is opposite of what we are saying here. (laughs) You are not alone and we love you. We hope you have a great week. Thanks for listening to The Russian Sisters. To connect with them, go to therussiansisters.com. Produced and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many roads that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com. 
The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundal from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.